vital, vital advice for your everyday life. Welcome back, or should I welcome myself back seeing as I've been gone for like over a month. Sorry guys, Um, I have been having some serious health issues and just traveling with family and so like just not had time and sorry yeah that's all I can say about that go to the doctor do your regular checkup so you don't have the same issues that I've been having either way in this episode I'm going to be trying to kind of splice together what I was able to record prior to all of this happening I was at the airport gang I was at the airport going on a trip and so I started the uh, episode off while I was trying to wait for my plane to come in. There was a delay so there was just a lot of drama and then after all that I say in that clip, I'm going to come back in present time me and follow up with what I have to say. I will be changing kind of the dynamic I have to say because while I was on that trip, I realized a lot of my stance was coming from an outlooker on other people's communication and I was not doing enough self-reflection on where I lack and where I need to improve on my communication. So we're going to start off kind of harsh and kind of judgmental and then I'm going to whip it back around on to what I feel like I need to improve on and some areas where I have identified why it's so difficult for us to communicate specifically when we're feeling vulnerable, specifically when it's an important communication that needs to happen and why it's so hard for us to do that. So I'm going to dip in and dip out. Okay, I'll see you after the airport. So it's been a while since I've caught up. Um, A lot has happened. I got really sick and now I'm at the airport again. So that's life. And great news about my flight, it's been delayed. (laughs) So once again, I'm sitting hoping that things work out and it's not a repeat of last time where it was delayed five hours. So we're crossing our fingers, we're hoping for the best and I'm just keeping track at this point. Ugh, it's been a week. So while I wait for my impending doom, let's get started on our topic. I want to talk about communicating, not in terms of just like verbalizing words, because that I think we've got down. Lots of words are being said. Lots of words are being written. There are fights online every day proving that people can definitely talk, but I don't feel like there has been a very healthy development of communication within our society and within especially my age group and younger what I mean by communicating instead of talking is not so much about being heard as understanding what you are saying and what other people are saying to you. There is an exchange there that I think we have stepped away from that we need to re-instill. And some of it's just not inherent. Some people just don't have the ability to understand the difference or we're taught the best practices for communicating. So we're going to go over that and kind of break down some of the like elements that maybe you struggle with. I know I struggle with some elements within communication that like are just like reacting towards things that maybe set me off or trigger me that hinder my communication. 
And there are ways to recognize that and get out of that negative cycle so that you can get back to communicating. So we're going to talk about that. And I'm going to try to break down. There's not like a lot of psychology behind communication, but there are elements, like I said, like when you're triggered, that can help you better um, walk through those type of situations with a better outcome in general. I'd like to tell you a story to kind of give you an example of why I feel like this is actually an important topic to bring up. Now, outside of just like when you're talking to someone that has triggered you or it's a hard conversation or where it's a, a vulnerable conversation, like it's understandable where like communication can break down. But like there are other parts of it that I just... I feel like we could do better. Here's my story. I'm at work and at my job, you can't leave the office unattended. Someone has to be there present at all times. And it was coming on lunch hour and I was just doing my thing and I was getting ready to go to lunch. And someone came around the corner to my cubicle and said, hey, I'm going to lunch. And I was like, okay, thank you for telling me, I guess. And he left. And then I paused. I was like, why would this person who doesn't normally talk to me tell me he is going to lunch? And I stood up and I walked around the entire office. He had left me alone, which meant that I was in charge of like staying until someone came back and then I could go to lunch. What part of that was communicated to me? None of that was communicated to me. However, he assumed through telling me I'm going to lunch, that he had communicated to me that I had to stay, that he, w- he was going to go and I was going to be the, the one holding on the fork. Implied communication does not work. And it's a great example of how to piss off your coworkers. <laughs> that could have been circumvented had he actually communicated instead of just talked to me. So like, he just said words, right? He just talked. There was no communication or like understanding there. And that's an important part of communication is checking in with the person that you're talking to to make sure that they understood what you were saying to them. That part, like there has to be an understanding from the other person because if you are not successfully communicating what you are saying to them, then no communication was happening. Okay, guys, I just checked my flight again, and we're scheduled to start boarding seven minutes after the flight is coming in, is scheduled to land. So how much you want to bet this is actually going to be delayed? Another 10 to 15 minutes, actually. (laughs) I have a feeling that we're not going to be boarding on the time that they say. I'm going to check back into you. We'll see if I'm right or wrong. Okay, so the part that is going to be more psychologically focus is on the communication styles in this topic. I know I'm all over the place today. Sorry, we're going back to communication. So communication styles. There are so many different styles. There's like passive aggressive, there's direct, there's indirect. Let's see if I can find some others for you. Haha, I found out why my flight is delayed. Okay, so I'm flying Delta, thank God, uh, compared to the other experiences I've had. And on their app, they have, where's my plane? And you click on that and it can show you where the plane that you are scheduled to fly on is in its route for the day. And the reason why my flight is delayed is because it is taking off from Atlanta and it was delayed. Good Lord, it was delayed there. So the reason why it's 15 minutes late and hasn't gone up is because they've already taken off. Something happened there that had them delayed and that's what's going on. 
I'm feeling a little bit more safe now knowing that it's not like a functioning of the plane error. It's just they, they are not, they didn't take off in time. So hopefully this is the end of the delays and I get there within the same hour as I planned before. Okay, by the way, there is a frozen yogurt stand right next to me that no one is manning. And I'm really wanting to get some, but because no one's manning it, I can't like get it. And if they wait much longer, I'm not going to have time to eat it before I get on the plane. And I'm really sad. I want some for you. So I've officially boarded and I find it fascinating that they asked 25 people to check their carry-on bags because they didn't have an space. Why are planes not made to accommodate everyone's carry-on bags? I don't understand. Um, we're boarding now. Hopefully everything goes well. I don't want to repeat of last time. I'm crossing my fingers. Um, once I am landed and I have some time, I'll definitely finish this episode. But, like, I'm just excited to go at this point. All right. I'll catch up in a minute. All right. So we're back. Hello. Modern day. Modern day. <laughs> Current me in the state that I am now back in my apartment. That was a long trip. There was zero time to record. So I'm picking up now. And I do want to kind of, from this point, take a curve. So when I was talking about that story of my coworker, that is a great example of something that still, I I back up that statement on, you should not be using inferred communication because it does not communicate anything. You thinking that you know What the other person has just heard does nothing for you. You really do need to check in and say, hey, did you understand what I said? Can Or you as the listener should be participating in that conversation because you can't correct other people, right? So if you're having someone do something that kind of feels like it's inferred communication going on, then you need to say pause. I just heard this. Is that what you're saying? And then have them continue to explain to you. Give them the opportunity to correct that. That is a valuable skill on both sides that I think will help a lot of miscommunications in your life, both interpersonally with your friends, your loved ones, and then also in your workspace. Okay, great. I'm going to talk a little bit about some empathetical viewpoints that you can bring into a very frustrating topic, and that is miscommunication or misunderstandings even. Most people are not trying to confuse you. Most people are not trying to misunderstand you. There just is another human being listening outside of your brain. That's it. So if you pause and think about this from a different perspective, I'm going to insert a linguistic idea that might give you a tool to use within your own communication. And that is the language ego. This is used in terms of learning a second language, usually within linguistics is understanding that when you are learning a new language, your confidence within speaking that language is going to be much lower than your first language. Like if I were to ask you, hey, can you take this piece of paper that has a written out speech and go up in front of a crowd of people that you don't know and give them that speech, you would probably have more confidence doing that than if I gave you a piece of paper written in your second language and I told you to go and give that speech in your second language in front of those people. The level of confidence that you would feel, regardless of your experience with public speaking, is always going to be higher in your first language, right? So that's the idea that your ego in your second language is much weaker. It 
hasn't been exercised, you're more insecure about your abilities in your second language. But that does not mean that you do not have a language ego within your first language. That's what I'm hitting on here. You have a language ego. Just if you if you are not a bilingual person, you have one. You may not have a very strong language ego in certain communication venues. So if you are new to a work environment, you might feel a level of intimidation and a level of insecurity asking for help or giving a presentation on something that you're very new to. Those all fall under that language ego and where we need to exercise and make it stronger so you have more confidence and more repertoire, I guess, under your belt on how you can communicate. So when in terms to your language ego, that does not mean that you're not going to feel a certain way when you have to do a communication that you're not comfortable with. And this also is like within relationships. I think this is a very important idea to keep in mind that when you have conflict within your relationship, you can stop, pause, break down, maybe not in the moment afterwards, more than likely after the conflict has happened and look back on how the communication happened between you and your partner and say, I noticed that there was a lot of inferred communication going on right before the conflict started. And then when the conflict was happening, there was a lot of defensive statements given instead of understanding statements given. And that could in future help you better have a shortened conflict and even circumvent that conflict from happening by strengthening your language ego in the areas that you were too insecure to use and fell back on your old habits, which are strong. Okay, cool. All right, let's look at this. (laughs) The quickest tool that I can provide that I have used as a bilingual person, as well as just a person that has to use a lot of communicating in my work life is you need to be more of a preemptive and proactive conversationalist rather than a habitual conversationalist. This goes outside of just basic conversation, but communication in general, like when you're writing an email, whatever it is, you need to, in your second language, for example, if I was going to be speaking in Korean to someone that is either a teacher who only wants to speak in Korean, whatever it is, I'm speaking in Korean, it's my second language. I would prepare before I go to have that conversation exactly how I want to say it. Why? Because my language ego in that language is much weaker. So I have to prepare certain phrases. I have to think about certain word choices to make sure that I'm communicating it efficiently. And then when I get there, However that person reacts to me, I have to tune into that conversation to make sure that what I said was understood in the way that they can understand. And that's another element that I'm going to hit on really quickly. What you say and what you think is working or is getting the message across might not work with their communication style, might not be where their strength is within communication. Like every episode ever On this podcast, I always talk about how you are not interacting with a clone of yourself. There are so many different walks of life, so many different communication styles that you grow up with or 
don't have a strength in depending on your family dynamics that when you think you've got it nailed your language ego is really strong in this area and it's worked before with other people you might approach a person that has absolutely zero skills in that area and your communication is going to falter so with that you preemptive planning and proactive planning key, but you also have to have adaptability with communication. So if your skill in that area, the one that you're, you're prepared for falters, how can you adapt? What can you do to help get the message across? Answer to that question is ask them questions. This is another linguistic skill that uh, I learned when I was learning how to be um, an English teacher was are you asking enough questions to the person you're communicating to to understand them? And this is just basic conversational skills. This isn't even just about communication. Going back to basic communication, uh, sorry, basic, (laughs) going back to basic conversational skills. When you are interacting with a person, their favorite topic and the thing that they know the most about is always going to be their own experiences their own perspectives. That's what we know the most because it's us. We know ourselves the most. So when you are talking to someone and you want to have an engaging conversation, what you need to be doing is asking them questions. And when you listen, sorry, hit my mic. (laughs) And when you are listening to their communication back to you, what you should be listening for are the key elements of information that they're trying to give to you. And from those key elements of information is where you select certain things you're going to follow up on, whether you didn't understand it. And so you, you select that thing and you pull it out and you say, Hey, let's focus on this. Or you find things that you find interesting with what they said and then follow up on that. From there, you're going to get a like way more colorful conversation you're going to have way more in-depth conversations and you're going to connect with them while also strengthening your language ego. And you might actually influence them to have a much stronger language ego in those areas that they've not exercised as well. So if I was having a conversation with someone at work and they were telling me about a new project, for example, they already have a lot of information that they might not have the strength to communicate to me on that area. So as they're communicating what the expected outcome of this project is, I need to be listening for elements in the conversation that I feel weak in or that I'm not getting like full comprehension on. And I need to follow up question on those things. Those things, that's where I can take control of the communication. With the guy that was telling me that he was going to lunch, I could have in that situation asked, oh, are you going to lunch and coming back? Or do you need me to hold down the fort until you get back? Like what part of this communication could I have taken like more control of and gotten him to speak to me in a way that is better communication? That is one area. I also could have said, hey, before you go, I just want to check. Is anyone else in here? Okay. So do you need me to hold down the fort? You see how like I'm taking what It was very basic. There's not a lot for me to go off of. And yet that small statement, because I honestly don't feel like he was the type of person who had enough confidence to express more than that. Like he was a very quiet person. I didn't, that's why I didn't really interact with him that much. He was really quiet. He stayed out of conversations for that reason. From that very small 
moment where he was talking to me. I, I could have taken that basic information and dissect it and pulled more out and could have solved a lot of frustration and solved my own problem, basically. So again, can't control him, can't make him have better communication, but I can take my own skills and put it onto him so that I can get a better outcome from my experiences. This is also really great when you are developing a new relationship with someone. So outside of work, just in general, you being able to ask more questions to the people you're interacting with, I think that is going to be your golden ticket to having more successful conversations and avoiding a lot of misunderstandings and fights and conflicts and hurt feelings. If you're more curious about the people around you and what they're saying to you and not just assuming from within yourself that you understood something, you will be able to gain a lot more depth from your communication than just even surface level of message, message, got the message, got the message, which is like the main point that you should be doing. And I feel like we're not doing is I send message confirmed message was received. Yes, this was message. Great message was received. And then end of communication. That part of it we don't do. And we definitely need to be doing is from our own conversations, pausing. Did you get that? Can you repeat back to me? So I know exactly what I said. Great. I can see that I'm communicating correctly. Do that. But then like, you as a person receiving conversations or providing the conversation. Yeah. Regardless, either or if you have a deeper connection within that conversation, you're going to learn more and you're going to connect with human beings more. And there's far less negativity in our world just from communicating and asking questions. I think that is a huge key. It is your golden ticket. Do that more. The very last thing I want to kind of foot stomp and why is my microphone shaking? I'm not even touching it. Chill, bro. Okay. So the last thing that I want to foot stomp in this area is the idea that we think we already know. And that is where we're falling short in our conversations with people. And I feel like When I brought up that story at the airport about the guy that said he was going to lunch and I was upset about it because I just accepted what he said and I put the blame on him for not communicating. That's where we're going to not make progress is not owning our own progress, not owning where we are not exercising our language ego in the correct ways. That I think is it all starts and where it all ends is our own area of control, our own area of awareness of our our surroundings, our environment and our communication. I want to really foot stomp the idea that everything that I just said is great, but you have to be conscious about it and you have to put forth the effort in order to develop that part of your language ego to be the strongest part. It's not going to happen naturally. So If you're having a conversation today with other people, which I hope you do talk to other people, catch yourself not listening. Catch yourself thinking you understand something. And even if you're confident that what they said is what was actually trying to be communicated to you, even if, do a double down and check. 
see how much deeper your conversation and your understanding can get from that. And maybe there will only be just like an inch more of progress within that conversation. That's fine. But there are going to be oceans available to you with these steps of someone says, hey, I'm going to lunch. You make it deeper. Okay. What part of this interaction in communication was valuable to me and what do I need to learn from it? What other questions can I get? Be active in that and see your world change. I promise you it will. So we're not going to end there. I do want to talk about nonverbal communication. It is outside of those communication styles where passive aggressiveness and passive communication happens. I'm not going to give you any examples of that because you intrinsically know when someone's being passive aggressive. I don't need to give you examples of that, nor should I feel like at this point, should I be giving you examples of manipulative communication? That's gaslighting, that stuff you're going to have to figure out within your own body and with a therapist. That's not my job. That is not my job. But when it comes to nonverbal cues, I think that It might be due to COVID and us taking a step back from interactive um, personally and gone into more of a virtual world. I don't know. I do think that nonverbal communication has gone um, out the window and I would love to see more of that being tuned in on with people around us. Is someone uncomfortable around us? Are they giving us physical cues that the conversation has ended? Are they presenting a barrier that they don't want you to take any steps closer to them? Things like that. We are communicating with our bodies way more than we do with our words. And a active and smart listener will use those cues to understand when the conversation needs to end and when we need to either change the subject or take a step back from that topic. Huge benefit if you're a person that already knows how to do this. Like, kudos to you. You're the type of communicator I like to talk with because you get it and I don't have to say anything to communicate this stuff. Oh, if someone, this is something like basic, I feel like I would love more people to pick up on, is do a body scan of the person you're talking to. If the conversation has gone on like a minute or so long and you notice that their feet are turned away from you or if their shoulder is starting to turn from you or if their arms are folded or like if they start to look at their phone or their watch or they look over at the door or the clock, those turning away from you cues in any way means that this conversation isn't the top priority at that moment. They might have to go and talk to someone else. They might want to go to the bathroom. They might just not want to have this conversation, whatever it is. Those body cues that they're giving to you, tune in on. Be active in that as well. Look at their feet. If one is pointed towards you and one is away, they might still be actively engaged in this conversation, but still need to go somewhere. But if both feet are out, let them go. They're done. The conversation is over. Look at their feet. Don't stare at it. That's weird. But like, just look down. Cue in on it. If they're looking at their watch, they're looking at their phone, they're looking at the door. That's an indication the conversation needs to wrap up and you can wrap it up. And I do think with that, you can provide them an out in a way that 
doesn't have to be rude or like you taking offense at it. And you can either do it physically or verbally. And I'm so grateful when people do this for me. (laughs) And I try to provide that opportunity to people who may not have that skill yet. And there is a way to wrap this up in a way that is inviting to the person who's listening. And one of those things that you can say are things like, it was so great talking about this or so great catching up or I love talking to you. And then from there, introduce that you are also busy yourself or I'm going to go step outside for a second. Um, if you smoke, take a smoke break or um, I'm going to go grab a drink of water from the cooler, or I need to check this email really quick. Provide them the opportunity to know that you're okay if they exit this conversation. Say whatever it is, but like also follow up with that statement with something like, we should do this again sometime, or I'll catch up with you later, or I'll message you um, later today. and We can continue this conversation if, if you'd like. Whatever it is, provide them that out, read their body language, and then let them know that you've given them the signal to leave. Now, if it's an important conversation that has to happen right there and has to happen right then, and you're noticing their bodily cues that they kind of want to exit the conversation um, or exit the communication, whatever it is, you can politely ask them if they need to be somewhere and then follow up with like, I really need to have this conversation with you. We really need to finish this. Do you need to be somewhere? Okay. And then from there, find a way to make it work, whether they have to come back later or if you can just end it there. I don't care. Whatever it is, just use your words in a way where both people understand and both people get what they need from the conversation. That's all I ask. We all can do so much better. I myself had an experience on my trip to Georgia where I realized that I am severely lacking in some of these areas. I am not trying to come off as the pot calling the kettle black. I'm not. I realize that I struggle with the follow-up. With the... (laughs) This is really going to read me. Um, I struggle with checking in to make sure I understand. I assume I understand. And that creates a myriad of misunderstandings. So many misunderstandings. And I also struggle with the question of, wait, 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 what are you trying to say to me here? (laughs) Because my language ego in that area is very weak. It comes from a very vulnerable side within in me to admit that I misunderstood something or that what they said to me was insufficient. I don't like pointing that out. So I have to work. Okay, obviously, I just pointed it out on a podcast and just like told that whole story about a coworker. But I would not do that to his face. So I am slimy. I get it. Whatever. Anyway, I need to work on it. I realize it. So my plan is to also take my own tools and try to develop those skills. I'm here with you. I will never tell you to do something or give you advice on something that I don't personally feel like I I need to work on because I do. I'm a human being as well. So we're going to do it together and we're going to improve and we're going to have much more impactful, empathetic, and beneficial conversations with real juicy conversations and real beneficial communication. Oh, it's beautiful just to think about a world where everyone is communicating properly and allowing their body and mind to go to that vulnerable state of 
saying something that might not give them the reaction that they want or might not come across to the way that they want. I get it. As a person who has learned a second language in my adult life, I know how vulnerable it can feel to say something and have it not land or to try to communicate something and realize you said something that doesn't mean what you thought it said and being completely mortified that you had just said something so stupid to a huge group of people. I get it. Been there, done that. Still alive though. I made it through it. I laughed it off. And now I know from that mistake to not say that word again. We're all going to live through it. It might be embarrassing, but we need to do it. Okay, so can we take the take the pill, the horse pill of that knowledge and move forward with this? I hope so. That's what I'm going to do. If you'd like to join me, please do. So I'm going to wrap this up right now. And I would like to introduce to you the cool new thing that I just learned how to do on Spotify. So I uh, I do not just have this podcast on Spotify, but I do use Spotify a lot to run this podcast. And I noticed that you can run polls and questions on there. And I would love to interact with you and all of my beautiful listeners in that venue. So if you listen on Spotify, I'm going to have a poll and a question on every episode going forward, starting with this episode, referring to the topic. Please interact with me. I would love to have that special conversation with you relating to this topic. So at the end of this episode, please check out what I have asked and vote on the poll and I'll see you there. I'm going to do my outro and see if I remember how to do it. It's been so long. All right, this is how it goes. Remember to stay present. Remember two realities can exist at once. Remember that the brain is a beautiful place and you should be studying it. And I will see you guys next week with a great topic about how to be single and also be happy being single. I'll catch you there. Bye guys.